Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, welcome back to the Equipping and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I am the host. And today I have with me my friend, Dr. Brian Chappell. Dr. Chappell, welcome back to the Equipping and Grace podcast, brother. How many times have we done this, Dave? This is good. I think it's like four or five now. I mean, you're you're just becoming a regular, so (laughs) welcome. Yeah, happy to help. Happy to see you. Yeah, happy to see you too, brother. Well, uh, can you catch us up on what's been happening in your life, marriage, ministry, and uh, any ministry projects that you're working on? Let's see. I, I can't. I honestly don't remember exactly the last time we talked, but let's see. So I'm 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 living in Atlanta now. Uh, I've had the joy of being a, a pastor of a single church, and now I have now I've got rocks in my head because I'm supposed to be pastoring two thousand churches with this new position I'm in. So <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, that's anyway my present calling. Got a new grandbaby, so that's six now. So that's congratulations. Good. And uh, so we're we're uh, loving it as a family and and uh, appreciating God's uh, God's work for us. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Very cool. Well, can you tell us about this uh, new book, Grace at Work, Redeeming the Grind and the Glory of Your Job, why you wrote it and how you hope it'll be received? Yeah, well, you know, the the church I've been in for the last decade or so, uh, we usually have the the question which makes a lot of sense you know how how can i live my faith at at work so uh there in peoria illinois where where we've been why you know caterpillar tractor employs a quarter million people and uh we have uh downstate training for the mayo clinic and we have uh, all sorts of medical and university facilities and and people say you know i i come here to church on sunday um but this is not where i spend most of my time Hmm. So how does how does my faith affect my work? And uh, it was a challenge, but also I think a privilege for me to uh, go through an opportunity to talk to our people about how can you how can you be grace at work? How can you live your faith, uh, honor God, and do that without compromising your faith or compromising your job? And you know, people assume the pastor doesn't know how to talk about work. You know, I mean, you know, you you live in that unreal world of the church, and so uh, it, I think it was not only a challenge but a blessing to my heart to have people kind of come along and say, you know, what I what I thought was my obligation as a Christian uh, at work. Well, you know, I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal, and I witness at lunch if the boss lets me. Mm. And listen, that that's all good stuff. I, I don't want you to lie or cheat or steal. And if the boss will let you witness at work, by all means, do that. Mm. But it's such a it's such a narrow um, view of the goodness of of what can happen if we perceive our work the way the Bible wants us to. Right. So mm. whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I think people's question really is, how do I make my work glorify God? And of course. That's what I'm trying to help them see. But what I want them to understand is, of course, is that their work really can um, be part of their worship. It's not separated from their worship. 
right? Sunday is for Monday. It, it's it's not something separate from the rest of the week. It's it's our preparation for living out God's glory in what we do. So that was that was my goal, and um, it, it was a blessing to to uh, talk to our people and then be able to write a book on that subject. And it's a it's a very good book. So I really appreciate it because, like you're saying, this is a really important subject because a lot of Christians they they come and they're like, okay, I got fed, I but now I'm being sent out into the world, and and so uh, even when you get out of the parking lot, you're like, am I a Christian still? You know, like because <laughs> the person cuts you off, and you're you're in traffic, you you have to deal with maybe a fussy baby or um, right. you know a, a spouse that. It, We'll just say isn't cooperative, you know, yeah. <laughs> with what you want and and on and on and it goes. And so I think that this is really, really, a, really an important topic. I think that we need to talk about not just gathering together, but being sent out from the church to be, you know, on mission. So I'm, I'm on board with that. And then I think the other thing is, I think that we have such a low view of vocation and we don't talk enough about vocation. So I think that your book is helpful on both fronts to to help us because this this really is a discipleship issue and Christians have to be equipped. So, right. Well, I mean, you've introduced one of the key concepts in 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 the book, and that is vocation. You know, we we typically just in ordinary English language use the words occupation and vocation synonymously. You know, same thing, but they're really not. You know, our our occupation is what occupies us. It may provide our our income, but our vocation is really a larger concept. Uh, it, it it's the original meaning of the language. It's our calling. What what is God calling us to do? And clearly, as I examine my my gifts, my opportunities, and my responsibilities, I am concerned for an occupation that allows me to get a paycheck and fulfill my obligations. But my vocation is examining what God has given me that enables me to glorify him where he places me. Mm. And so uh, and now, now people say, you know, my, my job is, is just, uh, you know, mundane. And while in American culture, we always say, you know, I want a job that's fulfilling. You know, I want to be able to express my gifts. All, all that's good and right. But probably the majority of the world, you know, they are in jobs that are repetitive and mundane and even mind numbing. And people have no concept of how the grind of my job can give God glory. And I, you know, just to get people down the road a little bit, Dave, you know, I was talking in the book about uh, I had an opportunity out in your part of the country mm -hmm. uh, some years ago to go to a, a major cheese factory. And, um, and as I went, you know, I kind of got the tour and um, I watched this guy on an assembly line and he stood there with thousands of little blocks of cheese going by. And every now and then he would twist one a little bit on the conveyor belt so that it would properly fit in the packaging that was the end of the conveyor belt line. And I, and I thought to my man, I am glad I do not have that job, you know, <laughs> sit there all day and just every now and then twist a little piece. But, you know. I don't know who that guy is. I don't, I don't know his intellect, his ability, what he finds joy in life doing. But, but here's what I know. If there's not somebody on that conveyor belt arranging the cheese to fit properly in the packaging, then the packaging doesn't seal properly. Bacteria affects the cheese. The cheese makes people sick. 
The sick people won't buy the cheese. The company closes. The people who work there don't have jobs. And perhaps the people who got so sick that they're dying, they don't have families anymore who can depend upon them. Mm. Well, all he's doing is just arranging the cheese. And it, it's, it really is perceiving as we fulfill our gifts in God's place with responsible, honest work, wherever you stand, if you were doing honest work, you're on holy ground because you're fulfilling God's purposes for you in that place at that time. Hmm. And, and that understanding, I, I think, helps Christians not just, I'm just arranging cheese, right? It's, it's, the, yeah, old, yeah. it's the old Martin Luther, you know, uh, I know it's a cliche, but I really find it helpful. You know, two bricklayers, you know, that he comes across and Luther says, what are you doing? The person says, well, I'm laying bricks. And what does the other one say? I'm building a cathedral. And the perspective of what is God accomplishing through you mm. is absolutely vital for us to have meaning and fulfillment in our jobs, because every job has its garbage detail, right? Every job mm. has certain things that are unpleasant. Mm. And so we have to say, why would I do it? Mm. If I perceive it as fulfilling God's purpose for me in this life for the sake of others, even if it's mundane, even if it's hard, then that's part of the theology of the cross. Mm. I may be suffering to fulfill the needs of others. Mm. I may be contributing to something that is or is not fulfilling, and praise the Lord if your job is very fulfilling. But even if it's not, it's, en it's enabling me to participate in the building of God's kingdom to show his character and care to others. Now, I've talked a long time. I'm going to stop. So you ask your question. I got going there. Sorry. No, get to preaching. No, preacher preaches, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm guilty of it too, brother. So, yeah. you know, but so, no, I think that's really good because what you're saying, it really gets to the heart of why people get discouraged. They just think that it's, oh, I'm just doing a conveyor book. I'm just writing a book. I'm, I'm just writing an article or I'm just producing a podcast or I'm just going to the, to the court to you know, do a, a court case or, or so on and so forth and on and on we could go. And, and like you're saying, the, the mundane tasks that we have to do in our job, you know, they can become frustrating. They can grind at us at our, you know, and, and, and then how do we, how do we deal with the frustration and you're just understanding what you said, Hey, I'm one chain in a link of things that has consequences and that's really what you're what you're saying and yeah. i think that is really really important you know the person the the everybody's work is significant everybody's work contributes to you know the collective whole the the person that is an aide to the senator has an important job because hey they get the senator to the you know the the senate uh to the house house and the senate and all of that and uh you know, the person that's a doctor has an, a secretary and you have a secretary and the secretary makes sure that, you know, you get to your appointments so that you can bless other people and do all these things. And so everybody has an important job to do. And so none of our tasks, like you're saying, are insignificant or unimportant and they're all can be used and just bloom. I just remember one of my past say bloom where you're planted. And that's kind of yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think this is going to sound a little silly. I think Christians have the privilege of being able to look at their jobs always through uh, uh, the George Bailey test. What I call, if you want to, if you want to think of your work as worthwhile, 
then apply the George Bailey test. Do you remember George Bailey? It's a Wonderful Life. You remember the the story? That might so, have been before me. Sorry. So <laughs> it, it, your, your your listeners are going to know the classic Christmas mu- movie. It's a Wonderful Life, and uh, Clarence, the who's going to get his wings if he's able to do a good deed. I'm not defending the theology of this. It's a movie. Okay. All right. So. Um, but anyway, George Bailey, he, you know, he, he gets so discouraged, he's going to take his life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Clarence, his, his guardian angel, says, well, well, let's examine what would have happened had you not lived. Mm-hmm. And so uh, George Bailey gets to see what life would have been like had he not lived and done the things that God had given him to do. And I think whether we're on the assembly line or we're attorneys or authors, or uh, artists, I think to be able to say, were I not here for my family? Were I not here for this company? Were I not here for this culture? Were I not here for this neighborhood? What what would be the consequences? Mm -hmm. And God is enabling us to actually see that when he says, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And the assumption is that God has given you nutrition, and ability and gifts in the place that he has placed you to bloom, to make your point, but actually to give glory to others. So give glory to God by how you treat others that were made in his image. And therefore, how we live and what we do in our job is communicating the character and the care of God. Mm-hmm. And so when people say, well, I'm just going to show God, you know, uh, when I'm witnessing at lunchtime, I have to say, well, you know, actually, when you do a good job, uh, when you're applying your gifts well, your intellect well, you are demonstrating the giftedness of God. And by using that giftedness appropriately, you are bringing God glory. Mm. And that that's I mean, that's a beautiful understanding of how our work actually becomes our worship. That it's not just worship on Sunday, but if I'm demonstrating the character and care of God, th- think about Jesus, uh, you know, I'm a carpenter or builder, you know, he probably did not build wobbly tables. Why? Because he was rightly applying his gifts because he was operating with integrity because that would bring uh, uh, credibility to his words. And when when we are with excellence applying the gifts we've been given, whatever they are, we're not, you know, our primary job is to build a good table. If, if we're carpenters, our, our primary job is to is to play the aria well. If we're a musician, why? Because there we're saying I am rightly using the gifts I have been given, and if I'm doing that with integrity, then that's a reflection of the God who says I am made in His image, mm. and so I by by fulfilling our purposes in the task and opportunities we're given, we are reflecting, again, the character and care of God. Mm, that's so good. You know, I think if we get to the heart of it, to the rub of it, you know, one of the one of the difficulties that people have in their job is, is first we'll talk about, I think, our relationship with our boss. And that can be really, really frustrating. How should we respond to difficulty with our boss at, at work as Christians? Uh, well, it's a great question. Um, let, let's let's say how is how is the boss difficult? What are the things that he may be doing? Is he requiring you to do something unethical, illegal, um, cruel? 
Well, then as a Christian, you have to, you have to resist, you know, you have to say, I, I can't do that. You know, in, in the book, I, I'll tell the account of uh, when I was in seminary, you know, one of my friends uh, was being put through seminary by a wife who worked for a major pharmaceutical company in our town. And her job was to be the quality control inspector for the uh, syringes that were manufactured at that factory. And there was a major lot of syringes that had been manufactured and she discovered that it had become contaminated. And her boss just very quickly figured, what's it gonna cost this company to remanufacture these syringes, this very large lot? And uh, he said, listen, um, I don't think the contamination is bad enough. You, you sign this form, clear it, because we got we to move these along. And she would not do it. And the boss said to her, now listen, it's Friday. And by Monday, I expect you to sign this clearance form or your livelihood is at stake here. Well, it was more than just her job. I mean, her husband was in school. They couldn't pay the school bills. They couldn't stay in school. She, he couldn't go into ministry. They wouldn't have the future they had hoped. I mean, there's all kinds of pressure on her. Hmm. And uh, so Monday morning came along and she did not sign the form. And she was fired. And, you know, it's a real world. And it can be a, a real struggle to live for the Lord with integrity. Now, the happy ending of that story was that the, the company that was expecting the order of syringes began to investigate why they had not come on time, found out what she had done to protect them, and they hired her. <laughs> and and that, that was a, a, a neat ending, you know, kind of the, the Christmas package with the, the ribbon on the top. Was, but it doesn't always work that way, right? It's a fallen world. And there are Christians who die for their faith, and there are Christians who lose their jobs for their faith. But the reality is that is the theology of the cross, that suffering for the sake of others is part of demonstrating the character and care of our God. So our vocation may be to produce syringes. Our vocation may be to testify to the character of our Lord who's protecting people from contaminated syringes. So if our boss is requiring something unethical, we don't do it. But we also have the opportunity to influence our boss. How do we do that? Well, we don't exact vengeance. We don't return rage for rage. We don't try to damage the company because we've been hurt. Um, we, we are living for the sake of another. And that, that is how we, we, don't, we don't do what's wrong to do. That, that's, that's not what we're, but we do respond in Christ-likeness to unfairness. We do respond uh, without malice to those who have treated us wrongly. Doesn't mean that we don't, you know, motivate, <laughs> uh, even, even active, you know, become activists for health standards or proper care or proper contracts. Hmm. But our, our goal is not just to return evil for evil. That the Bible does not allow. Hmm. So we, we, we seek the best. We even forgive a boss who's acting wrongly toward us. I mean, what does forgive mean in the Bible? It means I'm for grace. It's the actual root of the word. I'm for grace. It doesn't mean that I pardon all wrong. No, those are different words, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the, um, the mother whose child has been murdered may forgive the murderer and still desire him go to prison. Well, why? Because I recognize that to have no consequence to your sin would not be good for you or for society to have murderers running free because they're all forgiven. No, 
I forgive you. I, I want God's spiritual grace in your life. I desire spiritual good. For you. I don't desire vengeance, but I may believe that consequences are proper. So with my boss, I may have to leave this job because I cannot do it. But I don't desire your spiritual harm, right? Mm -hmm. I, I may actually believe I have to re remove my gifts from this place. And you may need my gifts, but I can't do them if you're going to operate unethically. So there may be consequence to your sin, but there is not malice in me toward you. I don't desire your spiritual harm. So I don't, re, you know, we don't revile when we are reviled. We don't return evil for evil. Um, blessed are you when others persecute you for Christ's sake. And so we, we live with his character and care on display. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really, that's really good. Yeah. How do we how do we deal with difficulty with fellow coworkers? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think I have much to add there. I mean, I, I think, again, I'm I just because I've been treated badly doesn't mean I treat people badly back. Right. Um, I I'm I'm patient. Right. I'm always ready to give a reason for the hope that's in me with gentleness and respect. So part of the way in which I give that hope is by showing when you treat me badly. I don't feel I have to treat you badly because I, I I believe in a savior who is rescuing me from you as well as from this circumstance eternally. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't have to respond in kind, yeah, but yeah. Um, it, it, I'm still responsible to demonstrate the character and the care of God. Hmm. I think one thing, one thing I think that is important just to talk about a little bit is kindness, you know, showing genuine kindness and giving, showing like you're saying showing care and you know whether that's to our boss or to our um you know to a difficult person at, at our job and really make taking those feelings of frustration captive and talking to somebody about that outside of out of work so that you don't take it into work i have been i have to admit at other jobs <laughs> Uh, secular jobs, especially, I have gotten frustrated with people, and that's kind of bled into, you know, not not necessarily my work, but in my relationships with other people at times. Sure. And and it's just so appropriate to go and to if you're a guy, older guy, at your church, and just say, hey, I'm I'm frustrated, I'm struggling with this. If you're a lady, go to your that older lady and um. And don't let that seep into the seep into your job because it'll just it'll just fester. You know, you're there maybe four to eight hours a day. We all know yeah. that work is a grind. It's it's challenging. It's difficult, and you know things happen. But but really showing kindness and care and concern, um, it really goes a long way. It, it it'll I think even provide opportunities. I've seen with people and myself. You know. Um, to share Christ to, you know, people are, people are, I'm not saying like, be the, be the only the, you know, we're not talking about the 11th commandment here being a nice guy, you know, but there is a sense in which we are to be kind and we should have, sure. you know, some uh, relational maturity. And sure. And, you know, if we're showing the character and care of God, that includes kindness it may include courage, right? That I have to stand up against evil. It may it may be that I have to not participate in something that everybody else is doing. I one of my early uh, jobs in the secular world, I was actually taught by my boss how to cheat on my time card. You know, mm -hmm. this is what we do to make a little. You know, this is what we do here. Now he wasn't my 
higher echelon boss. He was my immediate boss. So he was willing to cheat himself. And he taught everybody uh, uh, to do that. And uh, the consequence was in order for me to do my job and not cheat the way he said, it looked like I was doing worse than everybody else because everybody knew how to how to cheat, you know, and and I wouldn't do it. So that meant I had to leave that job. Right. Because, I, you know, that wasn't pleasant, wasn't good. But I do feel it was right. Right. It was still glorifying to God. I don't know how somebody would have used that down the road. Maybe my witness. I, I can't say that that's in the Lord's time. But what, what I recognize just biblically, you know, there's kind of some deep theology for the moment, Dave, but you go into deep theology. So, I mean, recognize what, how the Bible has done things when it's describing our labor you know, in Genesis that Adam and Eve are given the, the garden to tend and to maintain and sustain. They're given their label before they are given their labor, right? Who are they first? You are made in the image of God. You are to reflect him. You are his, his child, his creation, his precious children. You, 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 you actually are given the label of, a, of, of one who can reflect the holiness and knowledge of God. You're a child of God. Before you've accomplished one lick of work, before you've been given any job to do, your label comes before your labor. Mm. At the same time, as you look at Adam and Eve, who are not being defined by their labor, they're being defined by their relationship with God. Mm. Uh, the fall comes after the labor, right? So they were given a job to do, and now it gets a whole lot more complicated after the fall. But mm. the job's not a bad thing. The job itself is not evil. It's hard. But it's not evil. And those are both central concepts. I, I am not defined by my job. Job goes well, job goes poorly. I'm still precious to God, right? I'm still his. And at the same time, I don't say the fact that I've got to work is just an evil thing. I, I, it's always, you know, just horrible. No, maybe the job is something that brings you fulfillment and reward and goodness, and and that's because God designed the work to be fulfilling in itself. And an artist who who makes a wonderful sculpture, a musician who plays a wonderful aria, a preacher who preaches a great sermon, finds fulfillment in that because the work itself is good. So there, are, as I said, there's garbage details to every job. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that every job has to create pain for us. Uh, it may require courage, may require compassion. But as we are fulfilling the character and care of God, we are doing what the apostle said. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for God's glory. But he said also, work as unto the Lord, not as unto men, mm. because it is the Lord Christ that you serve. Ultimately, it's not the immediate boss I'm serving. It's the, the purposes of God that I'm fulfilling. And, and knowing that means I can take things that are tough or hard and actually believe God has called me because he, how do I say this? He's given me the gifts, the grit, the backbone, the courage, the compassion, the energy, whatever it is to do something that's hard. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. You know, you, 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 you've given me this way of fulfilling your purposes so that you would be glorified even by enabling me to do something that's hard. Hmm. And, and that enables me to see my job a different way too. Yeah, that's, that's really, really good. Well, brother, where can people go to find out you more about you on social media or, you know, on your media ministry or otherwise? Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, Brianchapel.com. And, and you know that we we minister to uh, 
to people all over the world. And so um, brianchapel.com has courses uh, for those who are in ministry. By the way, you don't know, we're just about to offer almost all courses by scholarship. So these are similar level courses that people can take by scholarship. And then there are messages uh, and, and podcasts and things like you're doing. By the way, I want your podcast, so send it to me when you when you got it edited. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and sounds I, good. And, and uh, we'll put it on brianchapel.com if that's okay with you. But brianchapel.com gets you to the resources and uh, lots of training, lots of things that I hope will be helpful to people in different stages of life and different levels of ministry. Mm, wonderful, brother. Well, you know, as I always say, there's a lot that we could talk about, and we've only really scratched the surface on this conversation, brother. But can you just give us a few takeaways as we wrap up? Listen, I want you to know that your work, even if it's hard, is worship, right? That Sunday is for Monday, right? It's it's not something separate. That what we're learning is how to glorify God. And when you say, and we all have this obligation, every stage of life, who has God made me to be? What gifts has he given me? And then what opportunities is he giving me to express those gifts? Because if I will use those gifts in the place, and it could be hard places, don't have to be easy, but it could be hard places. But as I'm using these gifts in easier, hard places, all honest work is on holy ground. And to the extent that I am doing it with integrity before God, it is my worship of him. Occupation and vocation, listen, my calling is to glorify God. When I am doing my occupation with integrity before him, that brings him glory. Mm, wonderful, brother. Well, guys, today we've been talking with my friend, Brian Chapel about his book, Grace at Work, Redeeming the Grind and the Glory of Your Job. I highly recommend you go ahead and pick up this book. It's available wherever you get books, Amazon, uh, Christian Books, uh, w, uh, Westminster Bookstore, um, wherever you get books online. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for your time and your ministry, and may God continue to bless you. Always good to see you, Dave. Thank you. You too, brother. Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins.